RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, pro-Beijing lawmaker Michael Teen questions whether there is something wrong with the drafting of the National Security Bill if it was meant to cover motives rather than just acts. The US Congress reconvenes to certify Joe Biden as winner of November's presidential election after pro-Trump protesters stormed the Capitol. Police now say four have died. And authorities in the mainland city of Zhuang banned passengers from entering the railway station amid a surge of coronavirus cases. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Michael Teen says authorities need to explain the unlawful means the 53 arrested pro-democracy figures had allegedly used to subvert state power. Police made the arrest yesterday for organising a primary vote for the now-postponed Lenchko election, alleging the ultimate goal was to overthrow the government. Mr Teen, who's also a local deputy to the National People's Congress, said there may be a problem with the drafting of the National Security Bill if it was meant to cover motives rather than just acts. What we see uh, on, the, on the surface is that holding a primary doesn't seem to be unlawful. And if they did get into a let's go, pressing a button, casting their vote is not unlawful. So therefore, my contention is that, is there something wrong with the drafting of the National Security Bill if the original intention was to deal with the motive rather than the methodology? Earlier, the government allies couldn't. Earlier, government allies couldn't seem to agree on whether the opposition had violated the national security law by organising the primary. The aim was to maximise the pan-democrat vote to secure over 35 seats. This would have allowed them to veto budgets and possibly force the chief executive to resign. Here's Francis Sit. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong said the primaries involved no violent or illegal means, which are elements necessary to constitute subversion. The senior counsel told an RTHK radio show that lawmakers could have violated Article 73 of the Basic Law by neglecting their duties and failing to properly fit the budget. But as Leshko elections were delayed, their plan never came to fruition. But speaking on another program, MPC Standing Committee member Tam Yu Chung said the suspect had a clear goal of paralyzing the government, which violates the security law. Therefore, he said all steps in the process were illegal. The Civil Rights Observer accused, has accused the government of weaponizing the national security law to persecute opposition figures. Founder Icarus Wong said he was concerned about the continued detention of those arrested. We are very concerned that whether the over 50 of the FDs being arrested yesterday, where they can get the bail from the police. If not, they will be detained for a certain period of time. And also is another indicator to so that uh, the human rights and the freedom of Hong Kong is indicating. Sources now say most of the 53 suspects are to be freed on bail. It's believed American human rights lawyer John Clancy, treasurer of Power for Democracy, has already been released. But legal scholar Benny Tai is still detained at Mansan Police Station. Former lawmaker Ao Nokhin was earlier bailed as he's undergoing quarantine. The jury probing the death of Chao Zilok during anti-government protests in 2019 has been asked by the coroner to make its judgment based slowly, solely on the evidence presented in court and not on personal views. The student died after falling from a car park in Chengkwano. Protests had been taking place in Chengkwano at the time. Police are investigating a murder and a case of person falling from height after a 34-year-old mainland woman and her five-month-old daughter died. 
Police received a report from a security guard at Park Palais Residential Building in Yamate just before 5pm yesterday that the two were found lying on the podium. They died at the scene. Initial investigations revealed that they fell from a unit, but no note was found at the scene. The US Congress has reconvened to certify Joe Biden as winner of November's presidential election. Vice President Mike Pence said the violent supporters of Donald Trump who stormed the Capitol building to stop the session had not won. To those who wreaked havoc in our Capitol today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. And this is still the people's house. And as we reconvene in this chamber, the world will again witness the resilience and strength of our democracy. Democratic leader in the Senate Chuck Schumer described the day's events as Donald Trump's everlasting shame. He said the violence was a warning about the consequences of of a demagogic president and the people who had enabled him. Those who perform these reprehensible acts cannot be called protesters. These were rioters and insurrectionists, goons and thugs, domestic terrorists. There were a few thousand violent extremists who tried to take over the Capitol building and attack our democracy. They must and should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Hours earlier, several lawmakers had been hiding behind the seats as hundreds of pro-Trump supporters forced their way into the building. One woman was shot during the violence and later died. U.S. media have named her as Ashley Babbitt of San Diego, an Air Force veteran. Later, police said four people had died on the U.S. Capitol grounds and 52 people had been arrested. Speaking earlier in Wilmington, President-elect Joe Biden was scathing about what took place. All of you have been watching what I've been watching. Our democracy is under an unprecedented assault. An assault and the Citadel of Liberty, the Capitol itself. An assault on the rule of law like few times we've ever seen it. Democrats have gained control of the U.S. Senate after John Ossoff won his runoff race in Georgia. The other Georgia Senate race has already been won by Mr. Ossoff's fellow Democrat, the Reverend Raphael Warnock. The Lieutenant Governor of Georgia, Jeff Duncan, congratulated the victors. Certainly as a Republican, I did not vote for either one of those individuals, but I congratulate them and uh, certainly look for the opportunity to, to work with them and, and work against them uh, on certain issues that we don't agree on. Uh, but this is America. We have a process uh, that, has, that has served us well for centuries. And uh, I want to encourage folks to lean back into that and remember that this is America and we have brighter days in front of us. Democratic Mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, welcomed the strong voter turnout. To see the turnout that we had, uh, to see people who didn't vote in November make the decision to go and vote in January. Again, that's what our democracy is about. Mainland authorities in the city of Xijiazhuang have banned passengers from entering the main railway station amid a surge of coronavirus cases. The capital of Hebei province is at the centre of a new rise in infections. It's reported 50 new cases, accounting for most of the new infections found on the mainland. The Canadian province of Quebec has announced a four-week lockdown beginning on Saturday as coronavirus cases continue to rise, 
Residents are being asked to stay at home. Here's the BBC's Jessica McCallin. The Premier of Quebec, François Legault, described the restrictions as shock therapy, but said that with hospitalizations continuing to rise, people were in a battle for their lives. Canada has recorded just over 600,000 cases of coronavirus and 16,000 deaths, with the rates of both rising over the recent winter months. The new measures include an 8pm to 5am curfew. Police will have the power to impose several thousand dollar fines on anyone caught out between those hours. More than 130,000 people are in hospital in the US receiving treatment for COVID-19, more than at any time since the pandemic began. The rate of new infections remains high, especially in the south and the west of the United States. There's concern that the two approved vaccines aren't being injected into Americans fast enough. Some states have summoned extra resources to speed up inoculations, with the National Guard being mobilised in North Carolina and Maryland. The European Union's medicines regulator has approved the coronavirus vaccine made by the American company Moderna for use across the block. It's the second vaccine cleared by the European Medicines Agency after it approved the Pfizer-BioNTech jab just before Christmas. Is the BBC's Danny Eberhardt. Vaccines are seen as the way out of the pandemic and the medicines agency and the European Commission have been under intense pressure to clear different jabs for use. Once the Commission has signed off on the Moderna jab, it'll be rolled out. Get it wrong and there's a fierce public backlash, as France and the Netherlands have discovered. The Dutch vaccination campaign only started today, ten days after most other EU countries. It's a key test for the EU, which is currently lagging behind countries such as the United States and Britain. North Korean state media says leader Kim Jong-un has vowed to strengthen the nation's military capabilities at a key ruling party meeting. In his work report to the Workers' Party Congress, Mr Kim pledged to place the state defence capabilities on a much higher level. The Hong Kong listed shares of Tencent and Alibaba are down after reports emerged that the Trump administration was considering adding them to a blacklist of Chinese companies allegedly controlled by the Chinese military. Alibaba is down almost 5%, while Tencent shares are down close to 3%. Electric car maker Tesla is now worth more than General Motors, Ford, Toyota, Honda, Fiat, Chrysler and Volkswagen combined. It closed up 2.8% this morning, with the market value topping US$700 billion for the first time. Over the weekend, Tesla founder Elon Musk reported annual car deliveries of almost half a million, just shy of its 2020 target. The Governor of the Bank of England says up to 7,000 jobs in financial services have been lost to the European Union as a result of Brexit. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Financial services are a major British export, but the agreement with the European Union for trade relations now that Britain has left made very little provision for the business. The EU has been wary of agreeing that British regulation provides as much protection to users as its own rules do. That means some firms are now dealing with European customers from operations in the Union. Inevitably, that has led to British jobs being lost, particularly in London. The Bank of England governor told Parliament the number was up to 7,000, but he did not think Britain should see to keep jobs by making a commitment to follow EU regulation. short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,616. That's 75 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $126 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 103.11 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 23 cents. The pound is worth $10.54. Sport now, here's Adam Cheung. 
Manchester City are through to the English League Cup final once again after they defeated their rivals Manchester United 2-0 at Old Trafford. Pep Guardiola's side will play for a fourth consecutive League Cup title when they face Tottenham at Wembley on the 25th of April. Guardiola dedicated the win to club legend Colin Bell, who died on Tuesday at age 74. For him, of course, for his family. Yeah, that uh, this person helps uh, to build something special for this club that don't have many, many trophies in the cabin, but that is not important because the legacy that some players will provide for this club in the past and some of these players will have in the future. And it's the club that now we have. So, of course, it's an incredible victory for us to win, to beat United uh, away and reach another final. And, of course, especially today is for him, absolutely. City pulled away with second-half goals from John Stones and Fernandinho. For defender Stones, it was his first goal for City since November 2017. You know, a great occasion for us. Massive uh, achievement on, on uh, for Man City in, in general of making a final four, time, uh, four years on a row. Um, you know, and that's another step forward, another step forward for us as a, as a club and, and as players. We, we knew what was asked of us today and what, what a derby is, um, means to the, to the city. So, um, yeah, just overall really thrilled and, and, and you know, it's been a, a long time coming, I suppose, for, the, for me with goals. It's something that, you know, uh, I need to bring more, more to my game, um, something I'm trying hard to. It's, it's not as easy. As it, as it looks as it for a defender as, uh, especially but yeah when you can chip in and, and, and do your job and uh, obviously keeping a clean sheet is more more like a celebration for us but obviously if I can chip in and, and, and a big occasion I can do in Spain, Lionel Messi scored twice and set up a goal in Barcelona's 3-2 win over Athletic Bilbao. Barca reduced the gap behind the leaders Atletico Madrid to seven points. In Italy, the champions Juventus inflicted a first league defeat of the season on the leaders AC Milan, ending their run of 27 games unbeaten. Juve won 3-1 at the San Siro, with Federico Chiesa scoring twice. Milan remained top of the table Despite the loss, they hold a one-point edge over their city rivals, Inter, who missed a chance to go top after a 2-1 loss at Sampdoria. And in France, Maurizio Pochettino's first match as head coach of Paris Saint-Germain ended in a one-all draw at Saint-Étienne. PSG slipped to three points behind the leaders, Lyon, who defeated Lens 3-2. Lyon extended their unbeaten streak to 15 games. And that's your look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK. Due to the volatile COVID-19 situation, the public should stay at home and avoid going out, in particular elderly persons, as they have higher risk of severe illness. Family and friends should help them with shopping and other daily needs. If elderly persons must go out, they need to wear a mask and wash hands frequently. Pay attention to the latest situation. See your doctor promptly if feeling unwell even if the symptoms are mild. Let's fight the virus together. Amid the epidemic, thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others. Thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus. We must take further steps. Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. 
visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight the virus. Stay vigilant. And welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 7th of January, is today's date. Welcome to Thursday's program, and thank you very much to Phil for the morning brew. We have a jam packed show for you today. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking about the emotional well being of young people and also uh, how we can address issues uh, related to the effects of the pandemic. And we'll be chatting to the team behind Just Feel, which is a local group that provides social, emotional education support to students and teachers. We'll be chatting with the co-founder, Raymond Yang, and also the director, Min Tran, along with Shaper Jukunda Young. 
and we hope to also bring you that interview on Facebook as well. Feel free to join us there. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news, Sadia Osman.